You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 190, covering Crossfire and Return to Grace. Hello once again, friends. Hello, people. It's time for us to talk about this show. Yep. Uh, there's something I've been trying to remember to do on the show, a little little plug that I wanted to throw to a friend. All right. And I keep forgetting, and I'm going to forget by the end of the show, so let's, let's just do this now, won't yes. we? Yes. Uh, our friend Tidro uh, makes lots of cool stuff. Yes, yeah, she does. She's a very crafty lady. And uh, one of the things she makes is soap. And she has made awesome Star Trek soap. Sparkly Star Trek soap. Sparkly Star Trek soap. It looks like it's being transported. And she's made it in uh, uh, Command Red, or, yeah, Command Red and Engineering Yellow and Blue for the rest. Miscellaneous Blue. Right. Actually, I think Yellow would be more the miscellaneous, but... uh, Whatever. I was on a roll there. Um, I was feeling pretty good about that until you stopped me, Matt. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Dick. But uh, she's she's put some thought into what they should smell like. Even like I think there's a special Picard one that actually smells like Earl Grey, and wow. it's it's just delightful. It's got a Starfleet insignia on it. It's it's totally worth uh, checking out. Uh, and I believe her website is bunnybubbles.com. Let me just double check to make sure I'm not giving you bad info. Yes, there it is, bunnybubbles.com. So check that out. She sells that among other things. Uh, but that's Star Trek related. So you you people who like Star Trek might find yes. that interesting. So, so check that. it out, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Right, check it out. Check it out. So, this this ep- this week, we got a pair of episodes where everyone really wants Kira. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that's the that's the theme. I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, look, I get it. I, I know. I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know she's a fictional character in a in a show that's over, right? I Look, shut up. That's your, that's your argument? Look, shut up? Yeah. All right. Look, shut up. Fair enough. All right. Why don't Why don't you tell the people about the first instance of this? What's called crossfire? Yes. Let's get caught up in the crossfire. So Minister Shakar is visiting the DS Nine, and the whole station is a flutter with excitement and threats of assassination. Odo's trying to keep a lid on things while trying to play the long game with Major Kira. We can keep having our meetings, and I keep being quietly dependable. Eventually, she'll realize that I love her. Until then, I do absolutely nothing different. Solid plan, Odo. That trick works every time. Unfortunately, when Shikar does arrive, Odo watches as he and Kira start getting closer and closer. Odo starts moving from awkwardly sweet to creepy stalker territory, standing outside of Kira's quarters for hours at a time. He's also so distracted that he accidentally allows an assassin a shot at Shikar, dropping he, Kira, and Odo down an elevator shaft. Only quick thinking and turning into a foosball goalie saves the minister's life. Things only get worse when fucking Worf, of all people, catches the fucking assassin, and then Odo calmly walks back to his quarters to have the most stilted tantrum of all time. Luckily, his old buddy Quark comes by to give him some old homespun Ferengi advice. Specifically, shit or get off the pot. Odo decides to get off the pot, canceling his weekly meetings with Kira and losing himself in his job, which is a perfectly healthy attitude to take. Now, now you got me all caught up in the logistics of Odo shitting, which I really wish I, yep. I didn't get caught up in as you can see here as you can see here i shit but it's a part of my body which then reforms into my body no i just picture like uh, uh constable you have to go to the bathroom or anything no i don't shit <laughs> it's like the i don't eat thing he makes a point of telling people right i don't have to eat or poop nope but i still demand a smoke break every 15 minutes look it's a union thing okay ah. it's important ah. Meow. I'm Odo G. Robinson. <laughs> so I know, I, I think it's flunk, but I'm not positive. Some One of our regular people that we talk to about Star Trek uh, does not like Schmoopy Odo at all. I yep. like I like Odo pining for, for Kira, honestly. And the fjords. Yes, and the fjords. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Chris pining for the fjords. Yes. No, I'm, al- I'm also a fan of Odo, uh, of Odo in love. I think it's because he's, he, I mean, he's the outsider. He's the, he's the Spock. He's the data. Yep. So to give him something very grounding and very human, I think, sets him way apart from those guys, which I like. Yeah, and also the fact that he has no idea how to deal with it. Right. 
Like, I think that's a big factor into, into the character, just that, like, well, I'm in love with her. Not real clear on what that means. No one well, I can really talk to about it. And there's certainly some parallels there to maybe some of the more socially awkward people in the audience. Yeah, you think? Well, I, I got some feelings here, but I don't really know how to handle it, so I'll just bottle them up and be awkward. Yep. Works every time. Yep. I, I can tell you firsthand, it, it sure does. Boy, howdy. Don't confront your feelings, just wrap yourself up in your work. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's healthy. It's totally healthy. Healthy and it makes you feel good. Yep. That's mm-hmm. how I deal with depression. Yep. Just uh, ignore it, and then it won't be there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but no, I like it because, again, everyone thinks Odo is aloof, and he doesn't feel any, you know, human emotions or whatever. Yep. He, he totally does. And I love that he's just hiding it. And I don't know, there's, there's something, like, extra tragic about... Like, if it, it was any other character, it wouldn't be the same. But no. Because it's him. And uh, there's, there's some extra stuff I want to talk about when we get to our spoiler section. But for oh, the most sure. part, it's just a... It's a thing that I like about Odo quite mm-hmm. a bit. The constant just, oh, I don't know. Yeah, because he's he thinks he's above all this stuff. Yeah. And he's not. In fact, he's he's got it worse than anyone else, and he doesn't have anyone really to talk to about no. it. No. At best, he and Quark can talk about it, but they have to pretend they're not talking yeah. about it. <laughs> so you're in love with Kara, huh? What? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> well, and this is basically your good thing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some great scenes with Quark and Odo in this, ep- in this episode. Uh, the one in Odo's room after his stilted rampage, uh, is really good. Well, that was your quote, right? Yes, it is. So if you want to just put it in here. I will do that. All right. By the way, I dropped by your quarters this morning. Oh? I heard some noise, and when I went to complain, I found a work crew installing soundproofing in the floor. I have to say, Odo, I'm touched that you would do something like that for me. I'm having the floor reinforced. The fact that they're soundproofing it as well is incidental. Mm-hmm. If you think I'd put up with three days of construction for your sake, think again. I guess I should have known. Mm. Thanks anyway. Don't mention it. Yeah, that was that was a nice little thing. I like... And then there's a scene at the end mm-hmm. where it's clear Odo's thanking him for the advice and... Quark's like trying to, hey, why don't you, huh? Did huh? you do this for me? Did you? Did you? No. What would, no. Why on earth would I do something to help you? I hate you. You're my worst enemy, and I don't want you to be friends with you at all, and I'll see you tomorrow, and I'll bring bean dip. <laughs> you dick. With yeah, you're also it. a dick. Yeah, I hate you too. No, it's, it's really nice, and I think they've played that, like, a bit more subtly in the past, and they were pretty, like, direct about it in this episode. Like, these two are clearly... Yeah, friends. They they might be sort of too wrapped up in their pride or whatever to admit it, mm-hmm. but they're clearly friends. Well, and I mean, like Odo flat out puts a pin on it at one point where he's just like, "I thought you were coming to talk to me as a friend." And Quark's right. like, "Nah." Well, that's the thing. Odo has a moment of vulnerability, and Quark's like, "No, we got to keep this facade up, dude." Look, we're, we're not, not going to be actual it. friends. And again, this has a bit of a parallel in like dudes, and it's not just dudes, but it's sort of stereotypically dudes. Yeah. Who do this sort of like, nope, not talking about my feelings at nope. all. We're we're not doing that. Nope. You fag. Yep. That's, uh, yeah. 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 Can I have a hug? Mm, okay. Yes. No. <laughs> oh. But that's a, you know, that my, that's definitely my, kind of a thing. And I like that. My feelings. <laughs> you don't have any feelings. Barney, my feelings. <sighs> no, you hurt my feeling. Oh. Oh, muffin. I really like my good thing is, mm. I, as ever, I love that the show can dedicate an entire episode to a quiet character thing, like one principal character wants another one. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's there's no real deadly danger. It's, it's There's sort of some inherently in the premise of him defending Shakar. But overall, it's just an hour of Odo dealing with this. Yeah, it's well, the, it's the, not really boring, and it's often kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from the elevator attack, like most of the actual assassination stuff takes place off camera. Yeah, I actually love the idea that uh, of them not showing Worf arresting the guy. Odo just gets back to his office, and he's already uh, in handcuffs. Yep. Actually, no, I'm sorry, he's not. He's got his hands on his on his uh, lapels like yep. so much Bane. <laughs> yep, I Look, sure did that. Looking, I tried to kill him. Looking very pleased with himself. Take him away. Yeah, take me away. Well, Worf, you ran a good game, but you yeah. got me. 
you, you, you are a worthy adversary, my Klingon friend. <laughs> I'll get you next time, though. Oh, I don't think you will. Wait, do you have a rapport with this criminal? Damn it. <laughs> I wanted that rapport. No, I, I do love that the focus is pretty much always on Odo, and when there's anything going on in the scene, we get some great directing. We get some great close-ups of his reactions. Oh, yeah. Like when Kira and Shakar are finally starting to, to become a thing and they're holding hands and stuff, we see Odo's reactions to that way more than we see the actual thing. Yeah, we never sort of dwell on them being right. romantic. We just get to see him watching them be romantic and hating right. it. Yep. Just, oh, but look the at fact them make it out with my woman. But this this kind of character setup, it would be really easy for Odo to come off as extra creepy and mm-hmm. extra, like... I don't know, like, like it would be easy to dehumanize Kira in all of this, and yeah. they don't do that, because she has a romance, she's doing fine. Mm-hmm. She's happy because she's found this this smart, funny, powerful man that she's, you know, hooking up with. Yeah. So it's not like Odo's weird, shadowy, stalkery things are dehumanizing her in any way, which no. is good. Well, yeah, that could really sort of ruin the character. But, it, like, again, it would be super easy to do, mm-hmm. because... Where Odo's coming from, it's a very short step to stalking her. Yeah. But the fact is, one, she wouldn't put up with that if she saw it that way. She doesn't and, give a damn about his stalking. Right. And and two, she's she's got her own shit to worry about because everything's going fine for her. Yeah. And so between those two things, I feel like, you know, everything's, you know, everything's okay for her. Yeah. That's the thing. I almost feel like the thing at the end with Odo comes out of nowhere for her. Like, it's just not so... Like, he's got this whole thing going on that she knows absolutely nothing about. Because every time she, every time she sees him, he's like, I'm fine. Yep. Everything's the same. And she's just a, a total face value person. If he says it's fine, it's Must fine. fine. And yeah. she doesn't pursue it anymore. Well, yeah, and of course, this is not, like... Odo's also built up this fronter about himself where he, you know, he's... I mean, he's not cold or anything, but he certainly tries to uh, make people think that. Right. And so they believe it. Mm-hmm. And so they don't ask him if things are wrong because nothing's wrong for Odo because, you know. Everything is going, everything's ticking away like clockwork. Right. Let's and talk about that did... scene between him and, and Worf because was, that was fantastic. I just wanted to mention that, actually. Yeah. No, there's this, there's this scene where uh, he and Worf are talking in Odo's office about, uh, about uh, trying to keep order in their lives on the station. Yep. Where, which is full of weird alien freaks who are always doing their own damn thing. Yeah, and everything's unpredictable, and it's hard to stick to a schedule, yep. and it's hard to, yeah. So what you do, you stay by your schedule, you keep your quarters neat, Yep. everything in its proper place, unless, unless Dax shows up to move shit around. <laughs> that motherfucker. Yep. No, it is It is great, and there's there's this whole, like, comedic exchange. I know why you went with the quote you went with, but mm. this was a, this was a it close was a, That was a close one. Yeah, because it was it was a great exchange of, like, and I'll tell you another thing. They can't just drop by your quarters unannounced. That of, shit's unacceptable. Of course not. That would in, that would mean they would want to come by even more. Yeah. And the the nice thing about that is we had like the very first wharf story after Way of the Warrior was him coming up against Odo like they didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to revisit that relationship and say no, they do have some stuff in common. Yeah. Like professionally they might not always see eye to eye, but but Personal-wise, mm-hmm. they, they do have some things in common, and that was nice. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, it was just great. I, I really like I really like Worf, just uh, Worf's thing on Chief O'Brien. Where the only person who ever comes by my, uh, by my room is Chief O'Brien. I was like, well, that's probably because he thinks you're friends. You've got to put a stop to that shit. Yep. No, it almost felt like, like a... Uh, it was so casual and... and natural like organic the yep. way the, the the conversation unfolded it felt like a seinfeld thing or something like yeah. one of those just jerry and george bullshitting around kind of like yeah you know and i'll tell you another thing <laughs> of course not yeah except they're both george yes actually i don't know the, the whole neat orderly thing is very jerry so that is true they're both a weird amalgamation of george and jerry should put something of mine in the toilet odo had to throw everything away. Vandalay Industries. Say Vandalay Industries. <laughs> you want to be my latex salesman. <laughs> and then Quark wanders in like Kramer. Yep. <laughs> and Quark is AJ Pennypacker. <laughs> Pennypacker. <laughs> so what was your bad thing? Um, so Odo has his tiny rampage in his quarters, and it comes off as 
very wooden. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he seems like he needs to smash the correct prop, like, the correct breakaway props. Mm. But, like, it doesn't feel right to me. Like, this should be a scene where we show, th- where, you know, we show that, that front that he puts up just breaking down, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead he moves through the scene like a Godzilla monster, just very awkwardly, very elaborate smashing. I, it didn't bother me. I, what, my interpretation of that, and, and this probably is me explaining what you're saying, mm-hmm. was Odo doesn't know how to act like that. Yeah. He's only watched other people do it, and he's trying to imitate their their uh, their behavior because he feels like that's the what he's supposed to do, and that's like the way people express their anger, but he doesn't really know what to do. I could see that. It just, it doesn't work for me. Okay, I honestly, like, I, I honestly think it would have worked better if there had been more, like, if he had sort of broken down from humanoid. Right. Like, if he'd gotten all shapeshifty. Yeah, that, that could have been cool. Yeah. Also, too much for the budget, probably. Oh, definitely. They but, could barely afford to put that strand of hair on his face. <laughs> That always throws me when he's got the strand of hair because I always feel like he's got something on top of his head that's supposed to look like hair, mm-hmm. but I don't ever feel like it acts like hair. No. It's supposed to, like, because he has, I, I'm sure making hair out of yourself would be very difficult. Well, yeah, you have to you have to make each strand a separate thing, I imagine. Yeah, so instead he just sort of slacks it back. Right. This is a tan thing on top of my head. Yes. And that but, is yeah, so, like, the idea with the strand, the stray strand was to make it look like, you know, he was... Like well, he looked disheveled. Yeah, exactly. That's the word I'm looking for. He definitely, because his hair is always a perfectly neat helmet of slick back. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely added to the sort of disheveled look. But yeah, it just like from a technical standpoint, for a minute, I'm like, wait, that that's that's weird. Mm-hmm. It's not actually hair. No, it was but... a t- it's a tiny tentacle. Right. Okay, that's okay. Now I'm now I'm back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm back on board. Yeah. But anyway, no, the temper tantrum didn't really bother me. Like, it's, it, so many things he does feel like things he's doing just to... Like, I almost feel like he was deliberately trying to get Quark's attention. Oh, that I could see, yeah. So then, so then you know, you know you know, people like that. I, I need I, someone to talk to. I, I hesitate to say I've ever done anything like that. Oh, of course not. No, no, nobody we know has ever, like, deliberately acted out in hopes someone will say, hey, what's wrong? Yeah. You know, I try not to now that I'm a grown-up, but uh, I'm sure I slip occasionally. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, that that's natural human nature to, like, want to want to make someone come and say, hey, you okay? Hey, buddy. Yeah. And maybe that's that's what he was trying to do there. Yeah, I, I could see that. So, uh, ah! Crash. Bang. I don't want you in here, Quark. Bang. But as long as you're Bang. in here, I've got some problems to talk to you about. Oh, I don't want to talk to you about your problems. Oh. Uh, something money something something. Yes. Something, something. Yeah. You know, on Ferenginar, money that re- relates to your current problem. Yes. Wow, I hate your culture and everything it stands for. Oh, thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> I was Sorry, re- I heard all the other guys saying it. I was, I was really trying to... trying to have a moment with you here, you dick. <laughs> all the Starfleet guys say that about Ferengi, so I thought I was supposed to as well. That's just... You know, peer pressure is an ugly thing, Odo. <laughs> just like you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Zing! <laughs> no, you don't actually say zing. Now the humans will think I'm popular. <laughs> uh, my bad thing, I, I struggled because really this was just kind of a nice, mostly quiet character thing, which I like. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want every episode to be like this, but after we had the big fuck-off like action conspiracy show, it's nice to calm down for a minute. Yep. Like last week we had the, the big two-parter, so it's nice to, to, to back off and, and explore what's going on inside their heads a little more. Um, so yeah, I had a hard time because I like this kind of episode, but, uh, uh, how come every time an important person comes to DS9, there is, there, there is an assassination attempt like every fucking time. Honestly, it seems like DS9 would be a really hard place to have an assassination. Yeah. It's very enclosed and they can control who comes and who goes. Yeah. So it would be pretty easy to say this place is secure because we didn't let any people in. We didn't trust. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, you've got Shakar who does not give a shit about almost getting murdered, just wandering around the station. Well, yeah, he was he was a terrorist for a long time. He's he comes from what Kira comes from. He's he's gonna go where he wants. Yep. And honestly, which I, is, which is ridiculous because like he should 
He shouldn't. Well, when we were assassinating people, we would love it when they would just break away from the right from the plan to go wandering off somewhere. You know how easy it is to kill a guy when he just wanders off all the time. That's a good point. But I no, I think his attitude is I didn't fight in a war just so that I'd have to live in fear. Uh you know. I don't know. I I actually like Shikar. I didn't expect to. No, I know. I I think he's a pretty decent guy. Like, and, and there's not much going on here. I know he will come back, which mm. isn't exactly a spoiler. He's dating Kira now, so yeah. he's probably they're probably going to follow up with that somehow. Um, but it, no, I I expected he would be yet another like Star Trek gets this sort of middle of the road bland guest star guys, mm-hmm. but this guy's got a little bit of charisma and he's got a little bit of charm and a little bit of like he's a little off in a way. Yeah, you can I can actually see why Kira likes him, which is yeah. not something I often see when a new guy shows up to start dating a main character, you know? Well, yeah, we never we never at all warmed to Vedic Barile. No. He just was creepy and weird and just not interesting. Ugh. But Barile, it's like, okay, first of all, she spent a lot of time with him in very intimate settings. Mm-hmm. And now that they're not, like, now that it's not, oh, we slept together because we were huddled together in a cave. Like, now she can say, well, I'm being reasonable about this. Yeah. Which is actually better. So, no, I, and they have a lot in common. Plus, it's remarked upon in the next episode that she tends to hook up with powerful men. And I think, on the one hand, that might be her type. But on the other hand, she's a pretty high-ranking person. And I think she mostly only keeps company with powerful people. Now. That is definitely true. Like, it's hard for her to meet a regular guy because it's not really in her daily experience. No. So that's that's another thing. And it's, it's, sort of it's, like, it's hard to meet people when you're going to, uh, like, when you're just going to the uh, to the temple. Right. Or the whatever their, like, parliament or congress or whatever is, probably. Yeah. But yeah, she's always doing high-level important stuff, so those are the people she keeps company with. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, it's like a chicken and the egg thing. I don't know if she's around powerful people because that's what she likes, or if she likes those people because that's all she has, or I don't know. But But it's an interesting thing to think about. It does, and it makes sense. It does. You can figure it out. Yep. How we got here. Right. No, and, and again, she even remarks in the episode, it's weird. We spent all this time together, like, in the Resistance, and we never even thought about hooking up. But now, you know, now it's different. But now that I can use you to further my political my political motivations that I've always had. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, no. I didn't think so. Like, he's not... No, I don't think so either. No, he's like, fuck, I, I don't know. I just want to... Like, I like Kira. I think she's cute. Yep. And again, I didn't... He, he already... He's only had, like, ten minutes of screen time, and I already like him way better than Barile. Well, yeah. Barile, well, Barile was just unlikable. Yeah, I thought so. I think that was the acting choice, though. I don't think they ever wrote him that way. I think they just casted a bad guy. Yeah, I... Yeah. Like, there was nothing... I mean, this is getting into territory that we covered thoroughly, but... I... Uh, Nothing he ever did on the show seemed weird or creepy. It was just when he said things or... Or looked at things. Looked at things or uh, tried to fuck Dax. Well, in fairness, that was a dumb, like, everyone's acting out of character episode. Mm -hmm. But the thing people, you know, when they write episodes like that, they got to realize that's going to stick with some people. Yep. It's hard to just throw that stuff away when the episode's over. I'm going to have sex with Dax. Oh, I died next time I showed up. Now I'm some sort of weird, living, dead, brain, like, zombie guy. Kill me. No, child. I'm not done with you yet. Also, it's amazing how much fun Kira has when there's a Bajoran, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, procession of people there that doesn't include Kai Wynn. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, she's she so... She can really, uh... Yeah, she really lets go. When, really uh, come out of her shell for a while there. Yeah, I thought she hated that stuff. It turns out, no. No, she just... <laughs> there's just one thing that she hates very specifically. Right. And trust me, I get it. I hate it, too. <laughs> but you love to hate it. Oh, it. Yep. Child. There goes it. Yep. There it goes. Cousin it. <laughs> oh, child. Ugh. <laughs> now I'm just picturing her with the uh, with the cousin it bowler on. Which is, uh... Delightful? Not a terrible look, honestly. Delightful. Be- beats her usual little hat. <laughs> I like that hat. Ugh. Uh, so early in the episode, Odo's going over, like, all the, the crime stuff, and apparently some Bajoran uh, political extremist is distributing leaflets. <laughs> because that's still a thing. Leaflets! Yep. 
I, I really hope each one of them is on an individual pad. Right. Like, but I, I assume they're like tiny disposable pads. Yeah, like a tiny paper thin pad. Right. Like Those... a Kindle. What is it? Kindle Fire? No, what's the one that's like like e paper? I don't know. It's it a Kobo. No, it's not a Kobo. It's a Kobo. Nothing is a Kobo. It's a Kobo. Nope. You just keep telling yourself that. I am. I'm doing it right now. Doesn't your Kobo not even work now? Yeah, it died. Of course it did. It died tragically. Every, everything you own has a very short lifespan. Everything electronic I own has a very short lifespan. Well, yes. That's what I meant. Yes. All right. What else? Um, We got to see Quark's jammies. Yeah, that's true. His giant... His giant... And his, one, and his slippers, yeah. And his big bear slippers. Like, if you've ever seen dad slippers? Yep. No, he needed to be carrying, like, a teddy bear and wearing a nightcap. I was really hoping he'd come down to Quark's quarters where it, with a ca or to Odo's quarters with a candle. Yeah, one of those candles in the holder. Yep. Right. Throw open the shutters to see uh, Santa Claus on yep. the roof of DS9. Quark, what are you doing here? Well, I was being visited by three ghosts, but then I heard you <laughs> banging around, and I figured I'd see what was up. They yeah, were trying I'm... to teach me not to like gold. Yeah, the the the, uh, the those ghosts were teaching him not to be so greedy. He doesn't want to hear what they have to say at all. <laughs> those guys show up twice a year. It's really starting to bug me. <laughs> I know about the chain I forged in life. I just don't care. Do you want to buy that chain? <laughs> I'm going to use that chain to beat Rom. <laughs> oh, no, brother. <laughs> We got this fun scene where Quark is obviously trying to hide a uh, not not a not a food bug, but a, a recording bug. Yes. In the um in the food, and Odo catches him. And he, no, no, no! I use that to listen to Rom because he's got sleep apnea. Yep. Yeah. And then Odo destroys it. And then there's a nice little callback later where Quark's like, "Well, of course I'm not spying. I don't have the equipment for it." And he goes, "That's right." You don't. And then there's another nice callback later on when uh, Rom dies in his sleep. <laughs> oh, if only. <sighs> oh, brother. That would that would make some oh, children brother. very sad and me very happy. A lot of children. Yeah, well. All children know. love Rom. <laughs> well, Gamera and Rom are <laughs> friend to all children. Rom is my boyfriend. I want I, a Coke. I want a Ractagino. <laughs> All right, anything else? Um, we get Odo's foosball hands. Oh, yeah. Which the, I, wanted, uh, I wanted to talk about for a sec. The director didn't like that, apparently, where Odo literally just turns his hands into these sort of pile driver things yeah. that, that hold the um, hold the walls of the elevator out. Yeah. Basically I, just I thought sort of, it was cool. Yeah, no, I thought, it I thought it worked really well. I thought it was a neat use of his shape-shifting. Yeah, I, I, apparently the director wanted him to turn into a machine or something. That doesn't really work i don't know i no. tend to go by terminator rules for shape-shifting i i no tend moving to, parts i just go with the odo rule of he can't make his whole body into something usually because yeah. he's not that good at it yeah so he could turn his hands into the shape that would help but that's about it yeah yep not by agree i like i was reading it though and there's they were talking about how well what we wanted was we needed to show Odo's face while it was happening. Right. I'm like, okay, we'll make him turn into a machine with Odo's face sticking out. That won't oh, be God. weird. So instead of a transformer, he's a GoBot. Yes. The GoBots still showed their faces when they were vehicles. Ugh. Yeah. That was fun. Weird. Yeah. Not great. Turns out the GoBots used to be humans, and uh, Wizard turned them into robots. Really? Yes. Is that is that their origin? That's the secret origin of the GoBots. A wizard did it. In case you were wondering. <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, just that GoBots are terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. I'll have to wait for our GoBot podcast, though. I think I might handle that one solo. I don't know if you got the... Aren't uh, you handling that one solo? No, I, I, I did Transformers, and now I've moved to G.I. Joe. Right. I actually thought about doing GoBots, but it's not available anywhere. Or it wasn't when I checked. It might be now. Right, because GoBots suck. Yeah, they're terrible. And a wizard did it. A <laughs> wizard did it. All right. But their I'm... boss's name was Leader One. <laughs> oh, and the bad guy leader is named Psykill. See, because he's a cycle that kills people. Yep. It's a good show. And the scooter turned into a guy, or the guy who turned into a scooter called Scooter. <laughs> and his sister Skeeter. Oh. 
All right. Pushing forward now to the episode. As quickly as possible. Return to Grace. Gold Ducat is visiting the DS9, and the whole station is aflutter with excitement and threatens of assassination. He's clearly trying to play the long game with Major Kira. If I take her to this meeting and I keep being quietly dependable, eventually she'll realize that I love her. Until then, I do absolutely nothing different. Solid plan, Ducat. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, right. <laughs> that was your summary. <laughs> okay, actually, these two episodes are almost nothing alike, but I couldn't resist that. <laughs> Ducat is here to just escort Kira to some kind of diplomatic conference with the Cardassians, which is kind of funny because Kira being a diplomat is like Troy being a counselor. Note to new listeners, Deanna Troy was terrible at her job. If you disagree with that assessment, you're remembering wrong. Press pause and go listen to Post-Atomic Horror episodes 53 to 147. We'll wait here. You're back, and we were right? I thought so. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. Ducat's an escort now. Not that kind of escort. I mean, the kind that actually escort you from one place to another. No hanky-panky. Well, he'd like for there to be some hanky-panky, but it's not actually part of the job. Remember when Kira convinced him not to murder his half-Pajoran daughter and take her home to Cardassia, but he'd insisted that he'd be humiliated and demoted? Well, that's what happened. So now he has to take Kira to meetings and carry her bags and also do that apparently hilarious thing where you extend your palm and clear your throat until the person realizes that you're supposed to tip them. So now he lives on a crummy freighter with said daughter and a small crew of ragtag... Actually, they're just Cardassians. It's become difficult to type the word crew and not follow it up with of ragtag. <laughs> They arrive at the site of the conference just in time to discover a Klingon bird of prey decloaking and blowing the entire thing up. So Dukat pursues, much like that guy in that episode of Star Trek that was like Moby Dick. Y you remember the one. He swears vengeance, but mostly he just wants to return to Grace, like in the title. Grace, I think, is his Cardassian wife who left him. Except now we've established that he has Bajoran fever, he's also trying pretty much nonstop to get with Kira, which is exactly as creepy as you think it is. Eventually, they capture a bird of prey using a trick Ducat saw in a Star Trek movie that wasn't like Moby Dick. His crew swear to be renegade pirates chasing down Klingons despite the best wishes of their government, so they are ragtag after all, while Kira agrees to take Ducat's daughter Zial to live on DS9. So he'll have an excuse to come back and creep on Kira some more. Kira, honey, maybe you should have thought this thing out a little better. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is this is just an hour of him saying you wanna wanna get in the Buick with Daddy. I'd really, you know, Major, we're not so different, you and I. Uh, Ironic, isn't it, Major, that we two people who once hated each other are now working together, uh, Major. Major, if I leave my daughter in your apartment, I'll have to come back to pick her up sometime, Major. She's not your keys, Ducat, <laughs> isn't she? Isn't she, Major? I threw her away as easily as I would throw away the keys I don't need. Major. Although I never tried to murder my own keys. Major, your plan was amazing, Major. Uh -huh. We're striking back at the Klingons that I hate, Major. We have to stop meeting like this, Major. People will say we're in love. <laughs> no one will say that. Everyone's saying it. I ordered my entire crew on this frigate to say it twice a day to me. Is frigate really appropriate here? <laughs> Frigate. I know I know that a frigate is a type of boat. I don't know that it's the type of ship that we're talking about here. I, it seems frigatey. I don't know. I really I like the word frigatey, though, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty great word, frigatey. Frigatey, frigatey, frigatey. <laughs> frigatey fresh. So let's it's go into... It's frigatey fresh, Major. <laughs> How can a man choose between fresh and fly, Major? And believe me... There is a difference, Major. Ooh, ha 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 ha, Major. Kids don't play with too many knives, uh, His kid was playing with a knife in this very episode. I guess that's true! <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into my bad thing. Was Please do. So, does every man in the Alpha Quadrant have a thing for Kira, or what? Well, as a man who lives in the Alpha Quadrant and has a thing for Kira, I guess I have to confirm that yes. I mean, I think she's attractive. I don't think that I could stand dating her. You know. He doesn't give a damn if you can't stand dating her. But does that mean she's going to force date me? I hope not. Okay. That's what that sounded like. That's some Ducat shit right there. Sounded like a threat. No, it's. I think it, it's just the timing of these two episodes right next to each yeah. other. Like you had mentioned, there's actually some good contrast, and you're right, mm -hmm. between their two approaches. Like, Odo's and Ducat's. Yeah, like I like the idea, whereas Odo plays what I keep calling the long game as he... Basically waits for her to realize that she loves him. Uh-huh. Which, definitely an angle you can take. Not a great one. No, um, in fact, I'm pretty sure it never worked. Yeah, basically. 
Um, yeah. Ducat basically tries to talk her into sex at every second. He doesn't and, just, like, I don't deny that he wants sex, but mm -hmm. he wants her to love him. Yeah. He wants her to love him. He wants her to forgive him for, uh... Oh, especially that. Yeah, even though he's not actually sorry for it. Nope. Uh, basically, everything he does tries to draw her into telling him, into complimenting him. He's got two motives through this entire episode, and all the the myriad actions he takes uh, fits one or both of these purposes, mm. which is either to get Kira to like slash love slash forgive slash fuck him mm -hmm. and uh, return to Cardassian society as a hero and get his status back. Yeah. Those are the only two things he cares about. And most of what he does serves both of those purposes simultaneously. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's, it's again, I, this is why I like Ducat so much, you know, like, this is a character that is very fully realized. Oh, absolutely. And, and he it, was very early on. Like, we yeah. hated him from the pilot. Absolutely. And, like, it, one of the things I love about this, this is my, this is my good thing, because this is how Kira reacts to him, too. Like, you keep having to have this weird relationship with, with him, where he's disgusting, and then he does something redeeming, and you feel good for him. And then he immediately does something disgusting again, and then you f and then you hate him again. But then a second later, he does something redeeming again. It happens all the time. Well, and in fact, my good thing, and this isn't exactly a spoiler, but the show is going to do what you just said on a much larger scale. Oh, yeah. Like, over the course of the next three and a half seasons. Mm -hmm. They've already done it a bit. Yeah. They've already, like, worked pretty hard to make us hate him for the first couple seasons, and now this last season, we kind of like him again. And I will not reveal anything of what he does, but I will say there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Oh, yeah. Maybe you think he's he's redeemed himself, and then probably he hasn't, and then maybe he has again. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not going to say where he ends up. No. But the, there is this ambiguity about the character, this back and forth, is one of the things that makes him so great. Mm -hmm. Is just to... Uh, you never quite know like is the and they play a lot with the tropes of storytelling oh yeah because this could totally be the story you've seen before mm -hmm. this is the story of the bad guy who redeemed himself yeah it's his fall and redemption and right or this could be the story you've seen before about the bad guy who can never change yeah you don't know and they play it both ways and you never quite know which story it is nope. up until pretty much the end yep and and then it's fairly definitive, but yeah, it is. But I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of back and forth, and that's one of the things that makes him great. Mm -hmm. And let's not uh, let's not shy away from the word creepy. No, definitely. Like Ducat is a very rapey person. I mean, he's creepy on his own when he's calling up Cisco to taunt or whatever. Yep. But this whole wanting putting the moves on Kira thing started like in his previous appearance. Yeah. And they're laying it on thick now. Oh, yeah. No, it's like y you feel bad every time they're in a room alone together because he will inevitably be right next to her, breathing down her neck, talking about how they're not so different, you and I. And let's be absolutely clear. This is Hitler. Oh, yeah. This is the guy who directly ordered people to murder Bajoran. Mm -hmm. And just to think of Kira working with him at all. Yeah. Even be like at the very beginning, my first reaction was he came to her quarters and and my my note was Ducat, get the fuck out of my quarters. Yeah. Like this is where I live. Why, do Why we, are you here? You don't get to be in here. No. And and every time, like they're having quiet dinner together with wine. Yeah. Like what? That's the other thing though. He he fixes things perfectly. Like he asks her to dinner in front of Zial. Yep. Kira likes. And then makes it clear, this is a tradition aboard Cardassian ships. You have to dine with the captain. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, this isn't a romantic thing. This is tradition, and you have to respect tradition, right? Yeah. Like every, you guys are all about tradition. Everything he does is a, is a plan. Well, yeah, and that's Cardassian. That's yeah. very inherent in most of the Cardassian characters. Well, I mean, we really only know him and Garrick so far. Mm -hmm. But it's still very, like, they're always plotting, and they're always, like... Like, there's a scene where he's talking about thinking ahead to if his plan goes and it even he doesn't say if he says when yeah but when my plan works the first thing i'm gonna do is destroy this guy yeah and then i'm gonna go for this guy and i don't think i'll just destroy him i think i'll humiliate i think him. i'll ruin him first and that the, he, he just talks about that and you know this is his inner monologue all the time oh yeah and most cardassians to some extent 
that's their inner monologue. Mm. Like, I'm going to destroy this guy, and then I'm going to reposition myself here, and then I'm going to, like, that's just how their society works. Well, that's why you can just go to any Cardassian bookstore and pick up a, and pick up an enemy's journal. Right. So you can jot all that stuff down. People Oddly enough, a, I hate. a, a uh, Nixon brand enemies list. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> there's an old Cardassian proverb, only Nixon could make an enemies list. <laughs> only Nixon could get caught with an enemies list. Well, that's true. That's the other thing. We get, uh, when he first shows up in Kira's quarters and he's talking about how, No, Major, I'm not angry at you. I did the wrong thing and I got caught. Yeah, he makes it clear that's, that that's what the what... problem Although he does have a nice line about, look, I did a bad thing and now I'm being punished for it. Like, that's a very Cardassian attitude as yeah. well. Look, the state determined that I deserve this punishment and now I'm serving this punishment. Yeah, I like, am he, not going to serve it forever. I'm going to get yeah. out of here. But he he's not angry about that because no. that, again, a very, a very well thought out. Like, this show does a good job of thinking that stuff out. Mm-hmm. The way their culture works is the state is infallible. They will tell you you're guilty and then tell you why you're guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's not your place as a... Like, all those previous episodes about Cardassian trials and stuff wouldn't work if he thought this was unfair. Yeah. The fact that he thinks this is perfectly justified... This is exactly where he, what was supposed yeah. to happen. That, that backs up the whole attitude of, no, every Cardassian citizen believes that what the state gives them is what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and so he wasn't shaking his fist at the system. He was shaking his fist at individual people he wants to destroy. Yes. But not, he thinks the system is still, like, inherently fair. Right, which is why like, he has a list. Right. But I, I just, I don't know. I like that. I like it's, It implies that the writers have thought this out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Speaking of the writers thinking out things, and, and again, no spoilers, there is a an underling of Dukat's uh, named Damar. Oh, yeah. Who's basically just his hailing frequencies open guy this time. Mm-hmm. He will be a more uh, significant recurring character in the future, and we recognized him and said, "Yay, Demar!" Yep. But he did nothing. No, he, he. There's actually there's a nice there's a nice quote in, uh, on Memory Alpha where they're talking to him. And he's like, "I was kind of pissed off with this role. I mean, any extra could have done this shit." Yeah. And then afterwards, they came up to him and said, "No, no, 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 don't." Yeah, we got plans for you. Tr- yeah, trust us. Don't don't worry. And I like that because up to this point, we've gotten the impression that they have no idea where things are going to go next. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're planting seeds now, the fact that they did throw us this character that was almost nothing, but they know he's going to be important later. Yeah. Like, that's that, that's good. I'm glad they're thinking ahead. Yes. Dumar will return. Yes. In Thunder Pussy. Probably not that. <laughs> I don't know why they would do another James Bond episode. Yeah, right? And and why Dumar would <laughs> It's certainly not this close to the last one. Well, I don't know. They had two episodes in a row about how people want to sniff Kira's panties. Ew. Well, come on, tell me, tell me what Ducat wanted. Is that I, no, a, no, you're not wrong. And is that not an accurate summation of his uh, his goals? Honestly, when Odo's hanging around a room for thirteen straight hours, I I'm yeah. starting to think Ugh. when he when he laid off like ten security guys. I'll do your over, job. Look, I don't have to sleep. Okay, I could just stand here. And, don't you need to turn back into stuff? No, nope. shut up. Sure don't. Nope. Uh, so what was your bad thing? I just found this episode kind of dull, you know? That's like, I, I like the character stuff with uh, Dukat and Kira and Zial, but for the most part, the actual episode, which is about, you know, chasing after after a Klingon bird of prey that wiped out this, you know, this uh, conference, it just, it, it never really engaged me. It feels like they were trying to do a submarine episode, but they couldn't quite get it exciting or tense enough. See, I disagree. I feel like it's like the previous episode. They were focusing, like they were telling a story you've seen before, but focusing on a different aspect. Mm. There was a submarine episode happening in the background, but the focus was Dukat and his crazy scheming and Kira trying to keep his crazy scheming at arm's length. Yeah. It just, like, it felt like every time we weren't we weren't doing the Kira and uh, Dukat show, it just, the episode slowed down and I lost Fair enough. interest. I disagree. I liked it. I, I mean, liked- that's fine. I like the implication that that there's like a Cardassian out there who wants to, or rather, I like the implication that there are Klingons out there just like destroying whatever they want. Yeah. And then the idea that there's this one Cardassian who's not going to put up with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like in a weird way, and again, this is what they do with this character. I can see where he's coming from, not with the Kira stuff, but with the like the what it comes down to is the council 
pats him on the back for, for stopping the Klingons and capturing their bird of prey. And they say, now come home and we'll give you your old job back. Uh, but we're going to try to solve this diplomatically. Don't shoot anything else. Yeah. Which and we were talking about makes sense. It totally makes sense because these guys were had their asses handed to them by the Bajorans, mm. which had to be humiliating. Like they they overpowered them and 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 out technologyed them, and the Bajorans still won. Yeah. And then okay, so they're licking their wounds. Then the the uh, Obsidian Order gets completely wiped out yep. on this secret mission to stop the the changelings. Then. The Klingons just decide, fuck you, we're going to invade. Yeah. These guys are, like, for a for a society built mainly on the military, they're not having a very good time. No. The last five years or so have not been good for them. No. So it, it makes a lot of sense where they're coming from. But yeah. at the same time, Gul Dukat's kind of got a point. Well, Gul Dukat is a career military guy. Yeah. And for the government to say, no, we're not going to fight these guys. We're going to we're gonna try to pursue diplomacy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay... First of all, I was with you when I helped, like, evacuate from these murdering, like, mm. you know, treaty breakers. Yeah. And I watched them destroy this conference right in front of me. I'm not going to, like, no, I'm yeah. a military guy. You trained me to fight for Cardassia. These guys are an enemy of Cardassia. I'm going to fight them. Like, I see where he's coming from. I completely sympathize with that mm -hmm. aspect. Uh, but on the other hand, like, now he's a pirate. <laughs> a vast major. <laughs> you scurvy dogs. Like and the thing is, this is... an eye patch and a hook. The, yep. <laughs> this, is, this is like the tiniest of tiny spoiler, not really spoilers. Uh, when The next time we see Ducati shows up in his stolen bird of prey, like, talking about his conquests. Yep. And we know he's riding off into the sunset to do that, so it's not really a spoiler to say he did what he said he was going to do. Yep. But yeah, it's he's clearly just like a, a crazy renegade pirate now, and it's cool to see that reversal, to see... At one point, he was the guy, basically. Well, wasn't he the head of the the um, the the civilian government? Yes, he was. Because yeah, Cisco called to talk to the head of the civilian government. And he got Ducat. Hello, Commander. Wait, wait, no, I asked to talk to someone important. Yes, what speaking. Kind, what kind of idiot would would get in charge of the, <laughs> of, the of the civilian government? Hello, Commander. Yep. Ah, Major, I see you in the background there. You're looking feisty. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. So we always talk about how creepy that uh, that, that Garrick is. Mm. But really, he's not. No. He's just putting on an act of trying to creep people out. Mm -hmm. Ducat's just like this. He yeah. couldn't turn it off if he wanted. No, absolutely not. Whereas he's, we've he's seen Garrick we, in a moment of weakness. We've seen Garrick lighten up and have fun with Bashir. Yep. Like he, he he could be a normal person. Ducat is incapable of that. No, there, there's this there's a scene where he's trying to uh, where he's trying to talk Kira into uh, into coming with him on his pirate ship. Right. Come on, come on, Major. A pirate's life for you. <laughs> but um, and he said he's saying to her, "I know that the first thought you'd think when working with me would be no, 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 but." I think if you look deep inside yourself, Major, you'll see there's a part of you that says yes. He actually says that. Like, yeah. that's not the, the like the, the word for word, the line, but it's pretty goddamn close. It's like, oh. Blah. He actually says, you're thinking no, but you mean yes. Yeah. Wow. Gross. Ah. Ugh. And all this is happening when his daughter is right there. Literally within arm's reach. Now let's talk about her a little bit. Mm -hmm. She's, like, got these hearts in her eyes because he's the only one who's ever loved her. Yeah, well, that's the thing. She, He's the hero who saved her from a lifetime of uh, breed enslavement. So I don't, it, I can't exactly... Uh... Well, between that and then I'm sure he's painted the narrative of we got exiled from Cardassia as I'm taking you with me. We're not going to put up with this anymore. Absolutely. Like, she, I'm sure that was represented to her as we're doing this on purpose. I'm doing it for you. Uh-huh. So, like, everything, every awful thing he does, he's painted to her as a good thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I just, I never stop being impressed by how he just twists everything. Yep. You know? And that's such a, that's so much better of a villain than one that just, like... Some mustache-twirling, yeah. cackling asshole. Yeah. Like, whenever you can sort of see the motivations mm -hmm. and you can't always guess their next move and yeah. just, like, ah. Oh. And the best thing is... Like, 
whenever Star Trek, Star Trek, I don't think does good villains. I think we've had this conversation. We have, yeah. It's had some good villains, but for the most part... uh, Okay, recurring villains, let's say. No, definitely. Like, Khan was the only one, and they brought him back one too many times. Mm -hmm. Um, Q was good, but he wasn't usually a villain. No, that's the thing. He started off as a villain, but they very quickly realized, like, that he and Picard had too good of a chemistry. But that's the thing. Usually when you write a villain or or an antagonist or however you want to put it... Mm -hmm. They're specifically designed to sort of be the opposite number of the of the protagonist yeah. of uh, in this case Cisco, and while on the one hand he is that, I like that he's more evenly matched with Kira. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what I'm saying is the villain's job isn't just to oppose the captain. He's got like he's he's so deep and complex that he can be a thorn in multiple sides. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing with Ducat is that like. He, you know, Cisco can hate him because of what he does. Like, but Kira's got a way, like, a way, way more personal ties to to hating right. this guy. You know, and yet, and yet, circumstances keep coming up where she has to work with him. Yep. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you have peace. Yep. And he even plays the card of you used to be a terrorist and now you're just a sellout. Mm-hmm. And that that still doesn't work. On that's her. usually a pretty good, that that card works pretty well with Kira most of the time. Right. She'll pretty much do whatever you say the opposite of. Yep. I'll show you who's a sellout. You know, a sellout wouldn't sleep with me, Kira. Oh, well. <laughs> that might have been what Shakar said, actually. <laughs> anyway, they could, they could, they're, they're on even ground there because mm. he's a sellout, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's running the government now. I want to, I want to mention, remember, remember the medical lab? I do remember the medical lab. Well, I don't know if you if you noticed in this episode, but Ducat kept talking about the tractor beam. I did not notice that. I, I imagine now I will never not be able to notice it now. <laughs> Lock on tractor beam. The tractor beam. Well, he does the same thing when he says Bajorans. He says, like... No, it's not Bajorans, it's Bajor. 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 Major. Right. Major. Major. He, but, uh, yeah, tractor beam. It's, tractor beam. You you can tell this actor really likes the the scenery chewing crazy villain stuff, oh, absolutely. but when they give him the techno babble, he's like, mm, "How do I make this mine?" Tractor beam. I guess I'll just say it weird. How's everyone else saying it? I won't do it that way. Right. Uh, oh, and he he thinks he's going to score points with her by insulting her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, slash that's, the leader of Bajor. That's uh, he really did read the uh, the mystery guide to uh, picking up women. What is that? The, that, uh, oh god! What the fuck's it actually called? The it's not the rules, but it's something. The game. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. The pickup artist bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, major. The only thing he's fine. missing is a piece of flair. <laughs> and a fedora to call her milady. Yep. Ugh. Yep. I don't usually draw. There, I had one more thing. I don't usually uh, uh, touch on the when the props fail or whatever, but. Uh, <laughs> There's no, a, but it was kind of inherent to the scene. There was there, there's a scene where uh, where Kira uh, Kira wow where Kira is showing Zial mm-hmm. Jesus uh, the various types of uh, phaser rifles that, that she she can use. So you know first she shows her the uh, the Cardassian one and you know then she pulls out the uh, the, the Federate, Starfleet phaser, the Starfleet rifle. phaser rifle. Flips it over, sort of shows it to her, opens it, closes it. She flips it back over, and the bottom drops out. Yeah, while she's giving a speech about how good a weapon it is, but how, like, sometimes it malfunctions. Yep. It's pretty perfect. Yep. Apparently that was sort of a parallel of the difference between the AK-47 and the whatever, the American military. Like, the difference between the Soviet and American, like, uh, machine guns. Nah. Why are you gun guys? I was talking about your guns. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I like that. Like, I like, and I also like that she gives the... Federation won respect yeah. where she typically like back in the day mm-hmm. like ugh this is useless this yeah. is Starfleet here's a good one yeah now Starfleet rifle's good but there's a it's uh, well way Starfleet more rifle advanced. has a million functions yeah. that it could break and which I mean we've seen before it's like well I can change the phaser so that it can make this rock warm right and then we'll Whereas gather this around Cardassian the rock thing, this Cardassian thing is just point and kill yeah that is it one setting kill yeah. All right. And of course, you can um, also crack open the uh, f- the phaser, take out the bits, add them to your tricorder, and now you can uh, detect gods. Sure. Yeah. 
but it still won't tell you what they need with a starship. No. Uh, so my quote... Yes, tell us your quote. ...is the craziest of Ducat's crazy rants, and he has several. Mm-hmm. But his best one is... Um, where uh, Kira says, uh, but what about what the other Cardassians want? And he says, There was a time when the mere mention of my race inspired fear. And now, we're a beaten people. Afraid to fight back because we don't want to lose what little is left. It's not the Cardassians I know. What Cardassians? Don't you see, Major? They're paralyzed. They're beaten and defeated. I am the only Cardassian left. Which I just love. This was actually a reference to a uh, an actual quote from, I think it was Sitting Bull. Yeah, I think you're right. A, a, a famous Native American leader who saw all his other people, like, sell out. Sa- yeah, they signed over their si- land, no, no. too. I'm the, I'm the only one left. Yeah. Those guys aren't real anymore. Yeah. Which is the nice I don't see any more, uh, any other Indians here. Yep, just me. Yep. Those guys are all white now. Yep. Ooh. That hurts. Call somebody white. All right. Uh, anything else? Um, I think that's everything. Want to move on to spoilers? Uh, yes, we shall do that. So this is the end for the people who uh, don't want to hear spoilers. Uh-huh. Uh, so what, what was it that I wanted to talk? Uh, Shakar? I don't remember Shakar at all. No. Like I, I don't. I knew they hooked up, sort of, but I don't know what happened. The, the thing is, in my head, Shakar and Barail really sort of blend together. No, they're very different, though. Yeah, I know that, but, like, they yeah. they always just feel like Kira's boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know, the Odo pining, like, what I was going to say about the Odo pining thing is I liked it better when he just, it was just him. Mm. When she actually reciprocates, I don't like it as See, much. I like when they hook up. I think they have a very sweet relationship. Uh, I disagree. Well, we'll Amanda see. kind of won me over to the side of thinking, but I, I think it's better if Odo's just, like, pining. And she, she does have that effect on people, you know, yeah. making you making you hate when people are happy and in love. Yep. My wife, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but she's no, like I, a villain I, in an 80s cartoon. I don't like nice things. She's uh, she's building a pollution factory. <laughs> I just, no, I, I prefer, I it, it's sort of the sadness. It's sort of the dark sadness of this show. Mm-hmm. If he can't have what he wants. Yeah. I prefer that to the he gets a happy ending thing. I think everyone gets a happy ending. I don't agree. Except for the people who fall into the fire caves. Well, and O'Brien, who is still married to Keiko at the end of the yep. series. <laughs> and separated from his best friend. Yeah, separated from Julian and still married to Keiko. Poor isn't, that, isn't, that a, isn't that on the list of, of signs of uh, spousal abuse? I think so. When your spouse ma- makes it so that you can't be near your friends anymore? Yeah, cuts you off from your from your social service. Yeah. Yep. We're going back um, to Earth, Miles! Oh, I hate Earth. That's why I left. How do you think I joined Starfleet? To meet me! Oh. Oh. Uh, that's pretty much all I had for Cross. Yeah, there's not a whole uh, lot for... Damar. And Damar of course, obviously Damar's will come back gonna be... in a big way. Yeah. Um, I'm actually shocked, uh... What's-his-face hasn't... Wayun hasn't shown up yet. I'm not. We've barely done anything with the Dominion directly at all. I guess that's true. I remember Dem- him being, this... like, a huge part for, like... Like, I guess he we is. don't get to the, uh, the Damar, uh, female changeling and Wayun scenes until way later in the series. That's like season seven, though. Is it really? Damn. Maybe late six, but it's, it's pretty far in there. Mm. I just remember those be like, happening all the time. The thing is, we're not going to get to the war until, I believe, the end of season five. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when they abandon the station and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's when the war actually starts. Like, we got a whole, the rest of this season and pretty much all of next season before that all happens. Wow. Yeah. And we got that whole, like, because the next big, like, the big thing at the end of this season is that, that Gowron is the changeling. Yes. And so they still have to resolve that. And then they start doing some, like, preliminary war stuff. Mm-hmm. But it still happened. Like, it still doesn't happen for quite a while. I also remember the Klingon thing clearing up pretty quickly. So nope. it's been a, it's clearly been a while since I watched this show. Yeah, it, it won't clear up until, the like I said, the beginning of uh, season five. I mean, it's been at least four years or whatever. Yeah. No, we, we haven't watched this no. since we started doing the show. Um, but yeah, du- Damar is going to obviously be a huge part of like, like he's going to be uh, Ducat's number one guy. And then when Ducat goes nuts because yeah. Zial dies, he's going to become the, you know, the new Ducat. And then, yeah. Damar, like, you are my number one. <laughs> nah. 
a guy. He's he's Bob the Goon. Major. Yep. He's not Major Kira. No. He he doesn't say major at the end of everything when he's not talking to Kira. That's uh that's his punctuation. Ah, fair enough, Major. Major. Anything else? Uh no, I think that's everything. Very well. Uh, as ever, postatomichorror at gmail, postatomichorror.com, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We'll be back next week with uh, some kind of Klingon thing and some kind of Ferengi thing. Yep. So look forward to that. Look forward to it. Say it. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.